How you doing today? It's Jamal out here on the radio, you feel me? Up in the mix with De La Photo, The Truth, and The Step Man. Listen to shit, it's always popping, and it gets you rocking. Welcome to another edition of Up in the Mix, coming to you from the Honeycomb Hideout here in Reno, Nevada. This is Sean, a.k.a. The Truth, a.k.a. The Super Nicest, a.k.a. The Nar, Mr. R, a.k.a. Not the Black Dude you thought I was. Yo, this is Caesar, a.k.a. De La Foto, your favorite neighborhood Mexican, Ernesto, Captain Kulo, Coach, Mr. Brunch, your local, also that poppy with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club. How the, How the fuck, fuck did, did he, he get, get here? El hombre de la gente, the habitual line crosser, and the honey badger. Scuppy. A.K.A. Killer Shark Productions. Extra, Follow extra. Follow me on the IG. Extra, 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 extra. A.K.A. Jake. Watch out for the word of the week. Mm-hmm. Phrases <laughs> that phase us. <laughs> Phrases that phase us? You didn't You didn't check the update? No. Mm. When did Scroll you down to this? page two. Scroll down to page two. <laughs> we'll get, two. We'll we get have, to it. We'll we get have to two, it. We have two pages? Yep. Okay. Been doing All my right. homework. All right. Okay. Yeah, so how was the week, Sean? Still on the vacay? Uh, it, was, it was great. <laughs> great. Had a good New Year's Eve. Nice and, well, pretty chill. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, what'd you do? Where'd you go? Just uh, went to public house, hung out. Yeah. They had quite the New Year's event that I was seeing on the uh, the, the chats and everything. On the, in, on the interwebs? Yes. Uh-huh. Some laws were broken, but <laughs> That's not a snitch. No, <laughs> yeah. Not dropping dimes here. So I'm just going to say everyone had Allegedly. a good time. Allegedly. It was a good time. All right. That's good. good. They did the lights. I saw the lights come on in there for the first time ever. At nighttime, like they like shut it down. They last called call. last call, and then like twenty minutes later, we l- turned the lights on. Wow! I got. I it was did they play like, a last call song? No, it no. was only like oh. it was like two fifteen. Yeah, um, I got a I got a funny story about the lights being turned on. One of my old roommates in college, um, he was a bouncer at the strip club, and they used to call him the ugly lights because <laughs> when you turn them on, all the girls got ugly. <laughs> <laughs> And he hashtag TBT. And and he also became uh, Mr. Las Vegas. He turned into a bodybuilder. So he knew yeah. the scene. He knows. He knows. <laughs> oh, that's just my light story. <laughs> How was your week, Caesar? Uh, New Year's was pretty chill. Just chill with the baby mom on the couch, watch some movies, drink some beer. She's you know, she's pregnant, so it's just whatever she wanted to do. She wanted nice to go. Nice quiet evening in. Yeah, you know, my brother came over after he went to his girlfriend's place and. Just hung out, like that's it. It's good, fun. A mellow intro to a big year for you. Yeah, and it was good because I got to do activities the next day. Nice. Mm-hmm. How how was your New Year's, Jake? Ah, it was uh, it was good. I got a little lost in the sauce. All those to, pictures though. Went to a fancy yeah, casino. Pretty fancy. I was out uh-huh. there. Yeah. Um, Bad and bougieing it up out there. Uh, my lady's a good lady, so yeah. I G- New Year's was awesome. Went and celebrated, and then uh, it was a chill week. Other than being super busy at work and everything else, because it's the holidays and everyone needs stuff. Just like you, I work in a tourist town, so <laughs> here we go. Yeah, yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we want to welcome everyone to 2019. Yeah, still welcome. weird to say it's, uh, it's still 1999 it's 2019, was the 20 years ago. 
Yeah. What? Awkward to write. You feel old yet? <laughs> 20, 1999 mm. was 20 years ago. I've been an official adult for almost 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm almost there, kind of. It feels weird. Dating yourself. It is. It's just weird because, like, like we were talking before we hit that record button. We're like horror movies, or like uh, not horror movies, but sci-fi movies. We're like, this is the future. We should have more things. Future's disappointing. Yeah. We don't even have high-speed trains. No high-speed train. Yeah, we do in uh, Japan though. We uh, <laughs> don't have high-speed. As trains. in America, well, America's run by gas and coal, so. America, that's why. I that's guess why. I, let me rephrase that. I guess America's disappointed. <laughs> America in 2020 is disappointed. Too. I'm disappointed in America. Where I'm, are the hoverboards at? Yeah. No hoverboards. Why no. Uh, I saw Lexus. No why, are, why are we still arguing about coal workers in politics? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, let's. Wow. <laughs> Before we get too we deep go. into it, that's conspiracy uh, Jake shit right there. That wasn't conspiracy at all. That's that's, that's real that's life. A normal. <laughs> yeah. No, but the rabbit normal. hole we were about to go down. I felt yeah. it. You know the vibe. Remember, you had it. Remember, you only get one. There we go. Yeah, that's right. Not this week. You too. only get one. All right. We got a very special guest. I've known him a long time. He is uh, personally inspired me to study philosophy. Like talking with him, uh, musician, artist, hip hop fan, lawyer. And he is the deputy district attorney here in Reno, Nevada. Uh, how do you say? I wanted to say your whole first name. How do you say it? Zalalem. Zalalem. Bogali. Bogala. Bogala. There we go. Nice. Welcome to the show, Z. Hey. hey. Thank you, everybody. Almost like slalom. Yeah, I used to say that. It's uh-huh. like slalom. Yeah. Although I never skied. Yeah. I just thought it was an apt. I don't ski anyways. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same boat. Well, well, how was your how was your you know New Year's and Christmas with the fam? So yeah, happy 2019, mm-hmm. guys. Indeed, thank you. It was. It's funny. It was indistinguishable from any other night in 2018. Really, Ooh. I put my kids to bed, and then fell asleep before midnight <laughs> same old routine talk about talk about being the adults. comfort zone yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny actually my son uh he's eight months he woke up around eleven forty-five, and i went and brought him to his mom and i was like okay i'm up now maybe i should turn on the television and i acted i actually didn't i said you know I'm, I'm not gonna watch the ball drop i never intended to so i'm not going yeah, to yeah, yeah. so i got a book And I started reading, and I read. The first thing I did in 2019 was read a book, so that was good. Peaceful, coming into like coming into it right. Yeah, reading, getting that knowledge up. Yeah, I drank a beer. (laughs) The the usual. I was in the chaos. Excuse me. That sounds that sounds very comfortable and very zen and very like sets the stage Mm. for your year. What? I was trying to do that. I'm kind of OCD about weird little things like that. And I think, you know, what's, what's the thing I want to be doing when 2019 starts? And I got a book for Christmas from a family member about courageous leaders. Ooh, like wow. That. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good intro to the year. That's a, that's I like a fantastic. Because I was going to ask you what book it was. but I sounds like the start it. of your book. Yeah. <laughs> 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 His auto buy. Right, right. <laughs> Yet to be written. Yet to be written. Next to the fire. <laughs> so, you're fr- you're from here. Can you tell us about uh, your life growing up here? Your local. You can consider yourself a local, don't you? Um, born in Reno at St. Mary's Hospital, right? Uh, right here as well. Raised in Sparks. Oh yeah, you're born at St. Mary's. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. From my current job, I work downtown. I can I can see the place I was born from my office. <laughs> so I've only saw. I like to tell people I've moved about <laughs> six blocks in my life. <laughs> um, no, but I I was born in at St. Mary's. I was and I was raised in Sparks. We um, my first house um, was it was actually in Reno. Um, it was off of Butler. It was on Butler Street, off of Montello. And so Butler is mm. a street that Carville. If you go on Carville, it extend it it almost dead ends into the freeway, mm-hmm. and then you turn left, and it turns into Butler Street. But that's so that was my street. It's right over there by nice. my hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By Baker Park out there. And so that was, I was there for probably three years, and then we moved to what was then New Sparks, which is now Old Sparks, um, off of O'Callaghan and Sparks Boulevard. I was Van on Meter a, Park, what's yeah, up? Yeah, Van Meter Park, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's I, used right. To, I used to live on Fargo. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah everyone lived on Fargo. <laughs> that, <laughs> that long curve. That long mm-hmm. street, yep. Mm-hmm. That's where I learned how to ride a bike over there. Oh, what's up? So I was on Sabatino. That was our street, 1634 Sabatino Drive. Still remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, addresses. And then at around sixth grade, we moved to then New Sparks off of Disc Drive. So um, that's when Disc Drive was a dirt road, actually. And And there's still farmland around there. There was farmland. Swampland, yeah. Yeah, That's right. Mm -hmm. So, yep. And then went to Reed High um, with Sean. And then um, went to college here. The Raiders. That's right, the Raiders. And then a Wolfpack alum. Mm-hmm. And then a Wolfpack alum. And then where did you go to law school? I went to California Western School of Law in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, that's nice right. Nice warm San Diego. Yeah. Yeah, it was difficult because you could see the ocean from the third and fourth floors of the library. Oh, Man, okay. it was difficult to study. Yeah. <laughs> the water looks so inviting. <laughs> At least you, you got motivation. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> So did you did you immediately go to law school after you graduated from UNR? Or was there a transition period? There was a transition period. There was a there was a long transition period. There was about four years. I graduated college in '04, and then I started law school in '08. So I had four years of just you know not going to school. I kept I kept telling people I go you know I've been going to school every September since I was five. You know I just I need oh, a break. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> So, so what made you finally go, okay, I need to go back into law school? So I always knew I was going to go, just a matter of when. I took the, um, I took the LSAT um, in 2005, but I didn't even go until 2008. So I, I could have gone 2005, I just didn't. Um, I don't know, I just, it was just time. I, uh, I did a lot between 04 and 08. I did some funny stuff. I actually I sold energy drinks. Nice. <laughs> like vitamin water? Shout out to King Triple Eight. Oh, heard yeah. Of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have copped a couple from you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my wife will laugh at this mm-hmm. part. The, 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 that was a funny time for me. Um, <laughs> sold that those. I was a long-term substitute teacher at North Valley's High School. I was a bartender. I was a... I'm like, didn't you work at Silver Peak? Server, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I did a lot. Yeah. The khakis and the button-up, white button-up yeah, crew out that's there. That's right. Back yeah. when you had, did you have your dreadlocks back I then? I had the dreadlocks back then. Yeah. Throwback. Yeah. yeah. 
back when like Silver Peak was like the good restaurant to go to. I mean, not good well, restaurant, but like it was the good drinking place. Yeah, <laughs> it was the only bar downtown. Right, right down, smack downtown, movie theater right there. That was the beginning. Uh-huh. Like you didn't, you stuff. didn't hop. I, used to, I tell people you didn't hop from bar to bar. You hopped from table to table. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was that's no good, bars. Sean. There was yeah, no other bars. That's Just, a good description. Except for like Shays. <laughs> That was too far, though. That was way too far in the shitty part of town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, was, it was scary. Jeez. <laughs> but, Dude, I don't oh. want to get in a fight tonight. Oh, man. Fight or stabbed, all kinds of... Can we just salute to the change in downtown? That or midtown? Absolutely. All of that? Right? Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're celebrating that right here, ironically, with throwbacks. But, I mean, the whole scene is now just... Ten times more comfortable and just yeah. a lot more way expensive more too. When did, when did you live? You lived down here, right? Z, when did you live down? Yeah, here? so I lived down here during that period. So between oh four and oh eight, I lived. I'm trying to get this straight here. My memory is a little bit cloudy um, for reasons I won't name. But <laughs> Friday after work, two thousand five. Yeah. I think so. I lived off Taylor with my buddy Derek. Uh, in around 2005, 2006, and then I moved in my myself um, off of LaRue and Humboldt, I think. It was on the corner there. Um, an upstairs unit. Getting a couch in there was a was a was a Herculean task, I'll tell you that. Uh, but but I did it. Pivot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pivot. Yeah. Or uh, sectional. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was that was around that time, two thousand five, six, seven. So you've seen the You've seen the transformation. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. crazy. It is crazy. It's almost unrecognizable. Yeah, because even before like this change, there was like the Latin Club right there on the corner. I forget if it was like... Yeah, there were certain things you could... There was a mm-hmm. uh, Kix was down there for yeah, a while, Delmar Station. Back when it was like an 18 and over thing that you could yeah. go to. I forgot what it was called, but... I forgot that place. Yeah, I used mm-hmm. to go there all the time. And then like it switched to like a Latin Club in there, and like definitely people got shot up in that corner. Latinos very... Heavy in the machismo game, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's yeah. why it's changed. <laughs> the yeah. whole scene has improved drastically. Mm-hmm. So after you took your little break, what made you, or like you always wanted to go to law school? What made you want to go into law? My grandpa. So I, I was born with one living grandparent. So my 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 mother's parents had passed away before I was born, and then my father's mother had passed away before I was born. So when I was born, I only had one living grandparent, and it was my paternal grandfather, so my dad's dad. And he came to visit us in Sparks, Nevada, when I was, I think I was six, so this is like 1987. And he was a judge in Ethiopia. So he came and stayed with us for like six months. And it was such a long stay that I still remember it you know it was that long he was like a fixture in my house for a while and he was just he made a big impact on me you know he was very you know uh he was wise he was distinguished he had integrity and he was funny and I just I looked up to him you know a lot and that was kind of it that was kind of it for me yeah I'm six years old huh yeah yeah so it's kind of a family Thing. Yeah, and then my dad was a was heavy into political science. I mean, he went to the University of Nevada after he got a a visa uh, to come to this uh, to this country, and he was you know he was a he was like super liberal. Yeah, he passed away in two thousand eleven, but he you know he was a lefties leftist. You know he 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 used to, he, my mom used to tell a story. He used to celebrate 
uh, Karl Marx's birthday in the garage. I didn't even know he was doing Dude. it because I was so young. But <laughs> like he crazy. was, so he's, yeah, he was pretty hardcore. And he had me writing. I, I remember in the 1988 presidential election, he had me watch the Republican National Convention. Okay, wow. we were Democrats. My mm-hmm. He had me watch the Republican National Convention and take notes. And summarize all the speeches and know check your, this out. Yeah, and so I did it. No rebuttal. <laughs> so, yeah, and so I did it. And then at my college graduation, he brought copies of my summaries and passed them out to you know people in my family. Wow, so, yeah, that's awesome! Wow, but, yeah, that's he, awesome. Yeah, I was steeped. In you got That is awesome. You got to know the other side of the board, like chess. Yeah, yeah. You got to know. He was a wise man. So there's. Wow. Set him up to, you know, the checkers. Gray. Not check. He's not playing checkers in life. No, but <laughs> he's so he's playing chess at an early age. <laughs> so yeah, you got your. Is, was your mom uh, from somewhere else as well? Are you first generation? Correct. All My right. mom's from Ethiopia as well. Uh-huh. So both parents from Ethiopia. So I'm full blooded Ethiopian. Ooh. Abyssinian, Habesha. Yeah, uh, it's a bunch okay. of different names, but yeah. Um, yeah, they didn't know each other in Ethiopia. Uh, they met in Reno, Nevada, of all places. This is where they formed like Voltron. Yeah, yeah. That's so, that's how my parents were too. My mom's like Mexico, my dad El Salvador, and they met here in Reno. And then here I am. Wow, very cool. No mm-hmm. way. Yeah. You said yeah. sons ha- of immigrants. Habesha. 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 Mm-hmm. I was. I have a a really good Eritrean friend who said if you ever come across an Ethiopian, just say Habesha, and then you kind of cross the line with that kind of. That area there. Yeah, there's a silly. I'll call it silly. <laughs> okay. Not everybody. No, will, probably. Yeah, yeah. I'll call it a silly rift between Ethiopians and Eritreans culturally, and it's a family feud almost. It's, it's like how a it was explained feud. to me. Exactly. So it's a family. That's a good way of putting it. Very cool. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Breaking cultures over here. Yeah, I like this. Making, I'm, I'm so making, curious. I'm, I'm so sure curious. You're making well. your parents and grandparents proud. Mm. How did you end up? <laughs> Being a pro, you know, after you went to law, yeah. How did you end up in the DA's office as a prosecutor? Funny story. You know, I'll start by saying not many people think progressive leaning Democrats like myself, and I'm a proud one, um, are prosecutors or or should be prosecutors. You know, our traditional view of prosecutors is that, you know, it's, it's tough, cons- hard on crime. Exactly. <laughs> tough yep. on crime, Work. conservative, usually white man, right? Let's mm-hmm. be frank about it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, that was my view of it too before I knew anything about it. When I was in law school, I had the opportunity to intern at the United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District of California. It's in San Diego. It's the busiest federal district in the country. So there's 93 federal districts in the entire country, and they're broken down by state. Like Some only have one, some have multiple, um, but and California has four. So the Southern District covers San Diego and a little bit North County. And it's the busiest federal district in terms of numbers because they have you know so many immigration cases, mm-hmm. and, some, and they have a lot of criminal cases too. So... It was, it was a big office, and I interned there in the spring of 2010. I'm trying to get this right. Yeah, spring of 2010. And I got to meet a man named He was a supervising attorney for me, and he made a big impact on me. He was a 
know, he was an intelligent guy. He, I think he clerked at the Supreme Court of the United States and um, just went, you know, went to Stanford Law School, graduated number one in his class. He's one of those guys, you know. Ooh, and so nice. he, but um, he convinced me that being a prosecutor was a way to help people and have an impact on people and not um, just, you know, put people away. And so, you know, as a defense lawyer, he was explaining to me, like, you can fight for your client, you can, you know, defend their constitutional rights, but you don't have a ton of power, you know. The prosecutor's got all the power. You know, you could dismiss Good a point. case in a second, or you could mm-hmm. have them do drug treatment as a condition of something. There's a variety of things you can do, and that was the first time I really thought about that. And so that was kind of the seed. And then when I graduated, I came back to Reno. I clerked for a couple of judges and uh, had an opportunity to run into Dick Gamick, who was the uh, district attorney at the time. Um, evidently impressed him somehow. I don't know how, but he asked me for an interview. And then I just interviewed and I started there. That's how it worked. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Impressing people. And then you just get the job. That's, I like it. I like it, you know? I mean, yeah. You, Theoretically, a, that's how it should work, right? Yeah, but it doesn't. <laughs> you've got a background, though, of working for some of the more prominent law firms in Nevada. Like, everybody knows the old Ed Bernstein ads. <laughs> everybody knows the old Ed Bernstein ads. We all used to uh, sit, yeah. seeing him sitting around uh-huh. the conference table just, you know. And and so what was your what was your involvement because that was kind of an early start for you as well, yeah. right? So. Ed Bernstein and Associates always mm-hmm. and Associates. Right? Right. It's always with his buddies. Always with his buddies. <laughs> no, Ed Ed's great. I I was let's see that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was in the 2000 election. <laughs> oh man! For U.S. Senate in Nevada. Here's I'll tell you how I Go remember ahead. that. Mm-hmm. It was Carson Valley days. And Ed Bernstein was out at Lampy Park, and I remember talking to him at Lampy Park, and I remember the whole thing, and I remember seeing him and going, I've seen you on TV, and it was the whole thing where that was my first interaction of where I really understood that politicians go out and about, and especially in Nevada with the Carson Valley, or with the with the Nevada Day Parade and everything else, Nevada politicians are famous for grandstanding, and that was kind of something I learned. And then it was interesting when I saw that that you had worked for him, and that was kind of your start as well because he was a big political figure in the early 90s late 90s for nevada and and seemed to be a good jump off for you as well absolutely yeah i think i was at that event actually oh wow yeah um i was yeah that's a funny story about that i so i gotta start with ed i i'm starting you know, it's so long ago. I'm getting so old. It's probably because I don't sleep anymore. I can't remember anything. Same with the Kids. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Where, where <laughs> but, I'm about to be there myself. Yeah, yes, you are. You, <laughs> trust me, Caesar. you sleep so much right now. Yeah. You don't, well, you I don't, don't know I don't, that. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I feel I don't no sleep enough. I, I don't sleep enough right now. <laughs> and I don't even it's going to get worse. I don't even know how much you sleep, really, yeah. but uh, trust me, you sleep a lot right yeah, now. Yeah. Okay, you need to yeah. start sleeping more so you're yeah. not going to get it soon. <laughs> or maybe just yeah, get used to it. Yeah, just, yeah, I don't sleep much anyway. So. Sipping them Red Bulls. Less sleep. That's what I'm looking forward to. Coffee. So I've, I actually forget how it was working. I, I was working with the Washoe County Democratic Party, I think, as a canvasser or something, and then some someone approached me and asked if I wanted to work with Ed, and I said yes, and... I remember that it was like the next day they go, okay, you, you have to you have to pick Ed up at the airport at like seven forty five in the morning. I'm like, I don't wake up at seven forty five. I'm eight, I'm, I'm eighteen years old. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so 
I went and got him, and then he offered me like an advisor position. I, it wasn't paid very well, but yeah. I wasn't trying to get paid. I was just trying to get experience. And so um, I ended up kind of uh, going around rural Nevada with Ed. We got out on a bus and drove to Winnemucca and Elko and um you were Ely. on the tour. You were on the to tour. The yeah, I was on the tour. I saw the state. And then there was a time where we were walking in Carson, canvassing, going uh, door to door. And I remember I'd, we had pamphlets, right? And I didn't bring that many. I just didn't. I just, Not before enough, I huh? left, yeah, I just grabbed like a handful and I came out. And Early on, I realized we were passing out a lot of pamphlets. We were going through real <laughs> <Uh-oh>. fast. <laughs> Inventory's low. And so Ed kept asking. He's like, you know, I kept giving like two at a, two or three at a time. He's like, hey, just give me 20, you know. I'm like, oh, I don't think I have 20. <laughs> so finally, uh, we ran out, and I had to tell him. I'm like, Ed, we're out of pamphlets. He's like, what are you talking about? And so I had to make an emergency call to... A, a, a guy who was working with us in Reno. And he this brought, is your second day on the job? No, no. This is, <laughs> this is after the tour and, and stuff okay. like that. But um, Someone had to you know, speed from Reno, yeah. bring him to Carson, give us some more pamphlets. So, yeah, yeah. That's my yeah. story. Yeah. You know the scene well, then. Definitely local. Yeah, he knows local there. politics, that's for sure. A couple at a time. We got more. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, I was, somewhere. Sk- I was skimping on those. <laughs> <laughs> like smoky with with big worm like okay. one two three yeah turn it over four. Yeah. <laughs> just double it rip it in half we got we'll double yeah, them yeah, yeah. i got you man yeah. so so you're teaching at unr these days right i am you're teaching a class on uh, the race or race and the law correct how do you um, i know a little background here how do you put policy into practice say with teach what you teach and uh, interacting with your students? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, let me make sure I understand that. Like, how do I... Con- your beliefs. Like, okay. How do you put your beliefs into your work? Yeah. When you're w- working with your students? Well, it's pretty easy. I, I try not to. I try not to. That's, I, that's, that's kind of a rule of mine, is I don't really give them my opinion about either controversial issues or... Or issues that may come before me as a DA, uh, because I always recalled as a student when I got the personal opinion of the teacher about something, it was hard for me to shake it. It made you think less of them, right? And one, it made me think less of them in a weird, ironic way, and two, it made me stop thinking for myself. I'm like, okay, the teacher thinks this. They've studied this. I might as well agree with them. Yeah, you know, it, it limited critical thinking. I, I always try. I never try and tell my students i always want them to be independent i'm not i want to be as impartial as possible so that they can form their own opinion exactly exactly so you know we cover like we covered first amendment issues with race so we talked about free speech on campus and the and the statues in charlottesville and, and other places and i never really told them what i thought about it um we talk about you know, race and criminal justice generally didn't really tell them what I thought about it, you know. So, um, I mean, I'm sure they could surmise what I thought about it, but. Um, you don't outright say it. Oh, outright say it, yeah. Well, isn't it kind of a a discretionary class? I mean, okay, so the t- the official title, right, is race and law? Correct. Okay, so 
are you picking out specific scenarios and identifying those as or are you set are you are identifying precedent cases or kind of what what is kind of your dialogue with your students because this is something that is, is highly discretionary and I believe they probably chose you because of your knowledge and everything with the courts so what what are you talking about so I should say it's ethnic studies 307 is the actual name so it's in the ethnic studies department and it's called topics in race and racism and then race and law so it's with it so it's like a seminar it's a 300 level class Topics in race and racism, and this just this just happens to be this version of topics of race and racism. So, I I style it like a law school course, and so I cover traditional law school topics that you cover in your first year, and so that's like contracts, property, torts, uh, constitutional law, criminal law, criminal procedure, and so I go. I try to hit all those areas. And there are cases in those areas, and so I've you know I have them read the cases, like the actual primary sources, you know, because I feel like that's missing a lot in school too. Yeah, sourcing. Love me some primary sources. Yeah, love primary source documents. citations? Yeah, so you know they're reading Dred Scott, like the actual decision, right? They're reading Plessy versus Ferguson, like the actual archaic decision they have to know. read the original language the original language gotcha yeah. and so and then i you know go through each topic and and, and we discuss what i think is pertinent about it yeah. and now is is all that do you provide like okay so this language was in the context of this year or it, or is it literally because i'm not i i'm not a lawyer obviously but the letter of the law is often a phrase that people hear so mm. when they're reading these original decisions in the original language are they do you do you have your students interpret them in terms of that time period or do you have them interpret them in terms of what we consider today's right and wrong in this time period so it's all within a, 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 I guess a subject matter. So for those cases in particular, I, m I mentioned those because we have my favorite part of the class is they do a debate, right? And I have four, I have four of them. And so they have to sign up for one of them. And so for example, and, and there's a for and an against in each side. Yeah, like style, yeah, that style. But there's usually you know, more, you know, like multiple students on each side. And so one of the debate topics was, you know, the U.S. Constitution you know, the original U.S. Constitution, uh, including the Bill of Rights, was pro-slavery. And so when we, so I would have to say it was, and so I, so I would have to say it isn't. And in that debate, I have them read certain, like, you know, they're required to read certain cases, certain articles. And in that case, you know, and that one, it was Dred Scott, Plessy, uh, um, a few others. Another debate, for example, was... Um, <clears throat> the opponents of racism in the criminal justice system should practice widespread jury nullification, meaning um, if you think someone's guilty on the jury and you're a juror and you don't want to convict for whatever reason you want, like you think too many black people are going to prison for drug offenses, you'll vote not guilty even though you think they're guilty. That's jury nullification. Hmm. And so I asked, hmm. you know, someone, you know, I had them say, uh, they were for it. Great or topics. Against yeah. it. Yeah, that's yeah. a good time. I like that one. And so, yeah, and so as part of those topics. That seems read. like a 400 level topic. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, there there were some freshmen in the class, and yeah. I realized it woof, too much. Yeah, it could get difficult. Yeah. yeah, it can get difficult. Better be studying. But that's what college is for, right? So you had me. Uh, you recommended the, the book, a hip hop form of criminal justice, and uh, I read that. And I'm guessing if you haven't read it, read it, listeners, read it. It's by a former DC uh, federal prosecutor. After experiencing the criminal false by wrong after wrongly being accused of a crime, and experiencing the criminal justice system, comes to revelations and changes his whole outlook. So, do you share in your own practice? his beliefs towards the criminal justice system. So that's Paul Butler, mm-hmm. right? Sharp man, Yale law graduate, um, been in the trenches. Um, very smart guy. I don't agree with him. I, I haven't experienced what he's experienced and I'm not just, you know, I'm not discounting what he's experienced. It's just, I've had a different experience this County, at least where I prosecute, um, I think we do it very fairly. I don't think, you know, I'll, I'll put my, I'll, I'll put good money on the fact that I've never prosecuted somebody and convicted them. If you know, who that if some, you didn't believe somebody that was innocent, I have not. So I that was my that. next question. Do you, having read a book like that, do you take into account these problems in the criminal justice system and these biases or things when you're prosecuting a case or it? looking at a case yeah i mean there's there's clearly systemic discrimination in the system i I don't think anybody with a straight face can say that there is not you just look at the numbers right and you look at for example right african americans constitute what 12 13 percent of the population right there are studies that show well they commit about 12 to 13 percent of the criminal offenses okay uh even pertain to drugs and but yet they represent you know a lion's share, sixty seven percent or so of the prison population. That that's just right. That's just a fact. And so how we get how we got there, you know, people have different theories about it. But you can't deny that the system is disproportionately affecting black and brown people. It's just how it is. And so um, I don't lay that at the hands or the feet of anybody. Um, I know we all have implicit bias. I teach my students about this in fact i have them take the implicit association test it's this awesome online tool you guys should do it someday but it has i can send you a link actually but it's um yeah you should it's it's uh it was you know created at harvard so you know it's totally trustworthy flash (laughs) the images and you have to respond that's part of it Mm -hmm. because i think i've done that okay because i was a i was a psych Psych and philosophy major, so yeah, you've probably taken it. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Going it's a long time ago, but <laughs> <laughs> and it's still around. Like it's it works, and so in the end, it sort of measures your preference for a certain race. So like in the end, we'll mm. say you're either strongly wow. in favor of white people or mildly in favor of white people or you know slightly in favor of black people or yeah. what have you. So yeah, it's, it's good. So and it's done so fast, you can't like think about. You can't game it. Yeah, I think they like test you trying to game it too. Yeah, like they know. And you're like, there's a time limit to the responses. Exactly. So it's just based off your natural first reaction. Yes, and you can't like think or like overcorrect your. Well, see, you. So yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry, but you kind of. It's just weird. It's just weird how I get that vibe where 
Washoe County kind of tries to be different, but statistically everything else, it's it's the, we we understand where we're at. Here's the other thing, right? I don't. Sorry, don't be giggling at it. <laughs> no, I think yeah. no, I, I think I see I what vaguely, you're saying. I vaguely get it. Here's here's what's interesting about what you're saying is that like we don't really have good data in Washoe County. That's something I've been talking to a lot of my colleagues and friends about is we don't have like hard data about criminal justice in this county. Like we don't we don't have the raw data to be able to extrapolate and discuss the the consequences of our decisions. Like we we can't compare similarly situated people of different races. Like for example, someone charged with burglary, right? Who has you know, a minimal criminal history um, and is white versus, you know, an African-American or a brown person, Hispanic person with a similar criminal history charged with burglary. Like, one, do we, are they treated the same way? I mean, I would like to say that they are because I haven't seen anything different in my experience at the Washington County District Attorney's Office. But, you know, empirically, we should be able to show that, you know, and we just, we can't because mm-hmm. we don't have the data. And so, or... Are people sentenced differently depending on their age or depending on where they're from, whether they're from California or from Nevada, if they're from Vegas or from Reno, or if they're, you know. Um, I mean, that would be the ultimate measure, essentially, wouldn't it? Yeah, we don't have that. And, and I think we could have that. We certainly could. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously <clears throat> places that do have that, right? Right. That track right. that. Yeah. So that just seems like oversight from a, someone higher up. Well, we have, you know, and we have a. Sounds like you're providing an opportunity for change or an opportunity for improvement. Here. Is that like is that in the legislature that that would have to come so down from? I I should point that out, Sean. That's an excellent point. The Nevada legislature last year created a sentencing commission, and as part of that commission, and and there's also this, it's like a multi-jurisdiction task force on criminal justice or something like that. Or it's the advisory committee on criminal justice. Some like, fancy some name. fancy name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but they're they're having meetings and they're public they're online you can just find them um and they're discussing this stuff actually they're discussing getting data they're discussing the repository at the state trying to help out with that they're discussing different ways of funding it so like it's the ball's kind of rolling but um you know this is years in the making you know and there are jurisdictions that already have it and so i guess my point was and here's here's my other point we have a, re- a tier one research university, right? Six blocks down the road or nine blocks down the road from the, from, from the office with a bunch of criminal justice students and professor and faculty, right? That, Sounds like project that, opportunity. Right, that could do stuff for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, there's an opportunity for, um, you know, for Everyone local government. Everyone to gov- benefit. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And that, you know, and being able to show those statistics, it holds, it holds everyone accountable. And, like the public can easy, easily, more easily hold their public officials accountable and the public officials can better track, you know, be more reflective on their practices and see the impact they're having on their community. So I, I think that's a, it's a good conversation that started. Hopefully. Absolutely. Something comes of it in the long term. Yeah. If we're the state now holding all these data centers and holding all this information. So let's let's utilize all of our contacts now. Let's network Network. <laughs> Let's network with big data. 
Well, all right, Jake. Sorry. Con- maybe, maybe, conspiracy left here. Maybe sit the next couple of places. All right, all right, all right. I'm out. All right. Turn in the mic off. You're fired. You're fired. Will you, do you think you're going to stay in the DA's office long term or would you ever switch and become a criminal defense lawyer or what are your, what are your goals moving forward? No, I never go to the dark side. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, it's funny you ask. So uh, I recently announced at, at, to my office that I'm leaving. I'm leaving my office. Wow. And I guess I'll announce it here too. I don't know oh, when this is going to post, but yeah. um, I can talk about it now because I, you know, I told the people that need to know. Um, I'm leaving the DA's office. I've been there about five years. I started uh, uh, November 12th, 2013, 11, 12, 13. It's a good day. Uh Uh, And I'm leaving February 1st is my last day. And my first day of my new job is February 4th. So I'm not taking any time off, but you you coming up in the mix or what? (laughs) (laughs) We could, we could use you. Use a fourth guy. need a lawyer. Yeah. I could use you. (laughs) My new job is I'm going to be deputy general counsel at the uh, for system administration is the name at the Nevada System of Higher Education. Ooh. Oh, congratulations! Wow. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. So it's a great, what, great opportunity. Yeah. What did, what exactly will that new yeah. job entail? Yeah. So it's I'm so I'll be employed by the Nevada System of Higher Education, who within it has a chancellor, and a general a chief general counsel. I'll be the deputy general counsel um, for system administration, so I'll be within that Nevada system of higher education system. The Board of Regents um, is another organization that governs higher education in the state, so the Nevada system of higher education, some call it NCHI, okay? Uh, that organization works with the Board of Regents to govern the you know affairs of of higher education and, and it's every it's it's the it's the entire state so it's unlv unr and all six community colleges wow, wow. so it's like contract review hr stuff um administrative stuff um let's see legal advice to the board of regents Just keeping them schools out of trouble yeah keeping the schools out of trouble yep. yeah if there's anything to do in court you know i'll do that so it's a great job. It's like it's civil, you know, public records stuff. There's open meeting law stuff. So a lot of civil stuff that I didn't do at the DA's office because I was a criminal prosecutor, you know. So I think it's um, a nice change. It's a nice change. Yeah. Yeah. Prosecutor of the year 2016, right? <laughs> I was. There yeah. you go. I was. Yeah. I was. So you were prosecutor's office for five years. Yeah. It must, uh, you must have some just crazy oh. <laughs> crazy cases you've worked yeah, on right good stories oh, yeah oh, man yeah you want to hear any yeah of yes. course of course of yes. course I'm waiting. absolutely yeah oh geez um hard to know where to start i mean all Most my memorable all my interesting trials all my interesting cases ended up being trials i think um so i'll give you one for example so there was a there was a kid <laughs> who was having a a moment of clarity or a midlife crisis or something, and he wanted to change his life. He was a drug addict, and he went to go visit his uncle at an apartment complex in town. It was off Wells, and he hopped the fence to get in because he didn't he didn't live there. Hopped the fence to get in. He's kind of milling around. He knocks on the door. You see it on the surveillance of the apartment complex. He's knocking on the door. 
No one answers. And then he goes, kind of goes out into the courtyard and sits on a bench. And you can see him. He's like literally contemplating, you know, like his life. <laughs> um, just the emotion. Yeah, yeah. He's just sitting there. And then there's a birthday party happening on the first floor at a different unit. And, you know, people are drinking. There's there's kids there, though. But And the defendant, who ends up being the defendant, comes out and sees this guy sitting on the bench. And he start, you know, he's got a beer in his hand. And so he's feeling a little frisky. He approaches liquid him. Courage. Yeah, so yeah, some liquid courage. And he approaches the kid and they start talking. And ev- you can't hear the audio on the surveillance, but the testimony revealed that the defendant came out and kind of started asking him who he bangs with, like who he's from, you know, where he's from, what gang he's a part of. And the victim and kid responds, you know, I'm not banging, like leave me alone, whatever. And then, um, they kind of, you know, it starts escalating. He's like, well, no, tell me who you with and whatever. And then the guy stands up. He's like, well, screw you. And and so they start pushing and everyone else gets starts pushing. And then the whole, like that party comes down. They start rushing the kid and he runs away. And you see him get run out of the apartment complex. Evidently, as he's running, he says, he turns around and says, I'm going to bust. I'm going to bust. And reaches toward his pants. But no one testified they saw a gun. So he leaves, okay? comes back a short time later sees a friend according to him at the gas station says hey let's go back to this place i just got ran out you know let's go have a one-on-one i want to fight him i, I you know i want to get in a fist fight with him mm. and his friend's like sure great idea let's go back <laughs> right first mistake mm. wow yeah sounds like a good friend so yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so they drive back and they park and they go to the trunk, and according to them, they're getting their gloves on to fight. Um, well, when they parked, someone from the party had seen their seen the car arrive and looked out the window and saw the kid. It was like, oh, he's back. Uh-oh. The defendant catches word of it. He runs out to his car in a different parking lot, grabs an assault rifle, okay, a giant gun, and you can see him do it. You see him run out and grab the gun. You don't see him grab the gun. It's kind of blurry. But then you see him run through the courtyard with a large object. And then you get see him in the hallway going out to the street. And that's like HD video. It's great. And you can just see him holding the gun. It's oh, a yeah. gigantic assault rifle. And he comes around. And you see him kind of walk around. And then just start firing. And you see the you see the shots fire, like the um, flashes. Yeah. 17 shots, man. And they didn't know it was coming. One grazed the victim's head. A doctor came and testified that if it was, you know, a centimeter to the left or right, he would have died. Um, and then takes the gun, runs back in the apartment complex, hides it up his shirt, runs up into his unit, um, ends up leaving that night. But he's found four days later. He He's arrested. So I charged him with attempt murder, and we got a conviction on him. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I could just hear people at the party, get the strap, get oh, the yeah, strap. No. no, I was seeing like, that in my yeah. head. I'm seeing that like. You knew how it was going to play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew party, how it was going to play out. Uh-huh. pops off at the party, and then as soon as he rolls back up, it's like, oh, he's back. Because that's, as soon as there's a fight at a party, that's yeah. the first thing you're waiting for. Is, is he coming back? gets the assault rifle? Someone who's not scared. Jesus. <laughs> Somebody who was. Yeah. Yeah. That's not wow. the steps of escalation. Wow. <laughs> but also that kid like wow. he like you you're a party. You could have got jumped at the party, you know? 
And then right. what, what makes you think like it's going to be less of that when it's you and your buddy? Like right. two people against a party. Obviously, he said kids, so I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Well, Didn't have that experience somebody, and knowledge to know. I think it's in his early 20s or out something. Of, yeah. Out of his element. Still a kid, though. Here's mm-hmm. the best fact of the case. After the shoot, so the shoot, the shots uh, went towards the Wells Overpass. And as we all know, growing up in Reno, there's a homeless camp r- around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of people heard it. That's funny. I, I was like, I know exactly what apartment complex is. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Deduction. And so. But I think even before the police showed up, um, uh, a homeless guy uh, who was great, he came in and testified at trial. We found him, and you know he came in and sat in court and testified. It was great. Wow. But he uh, he got his phone out because he heard it. He got his phone out, and he started videoing the ground where the casings were, and he counted 17 Because there was a witness that said there were 17 shots because uh-huh. they heard 17. Bangs, and then yeah. he comes in with his video and finds 17 casings on the ground. And then I went and, you know, I played that video in court for the jury. And that was, you know, that was a dead banger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dang. That's, yeah. Dude. Cooperating each other independently. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Do research. Just line it up. Yes. Numbers. Yeah, that was a good case. Yeah. Well, we'll change, it, change it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Get the strap. You, you work with, you help out the We The People over at Reno High School, correct? Yes, sir. I st- my first year teaching over there. Salutes to uh, to Richard and everyone else over there. Mr. Clark, man, he's a he's a miracle holding it worker. down. Yeah. And uh, how how's that? How'd you get involved with that? How's that? How do you like that? Oh, I love it. So I mean, civic education is like makes me get up in the morning. I'm, I'm a I'm social studies teacher. Like, yeah, yeah, Sean. <laughs> like I know, you know what Richard's doing over there, <laughs> and I, I love it. I I I, I want to go back. Well, I want to be a high school to teach that stuff. But yeah, yeah how do you like just working with? kids that age that are so into the law it's amazing so i i was a participant in the program at reed so Did you we, have what's his name wait what uh, year what year mr hymes and mr hymes right i graduated reed 99 okay so you were you were like one of the original we the people classes then. close to original there I, was denny gear okay mr gear who taught we the people originally at reed that was like 93 through 90 gosh on 97 or something then mr hymes came in 98 and then I think I could be wrong. But it was it, it developed into a high school competition in yes. like early two thousands. Right. Yeah. It, it it was a high school competition in in, in oh, okay. ninety-nine. We so I was yeah, but there weren't that many schools. There was right. us, there was Reed, there was Sparks High had it at that at that time. And then I think that was it up north. And then in Vegas there weren't that many. So we won regionals, right? So we and then we went to state against basic high school. I remember. <laughs> And we edged out basic in one state, and I, that was the first time I went to Washington D.C. because the national competition was in Washington, and so we raised money, you know, with a cookie sale or whatever we did, and and then Selling got to candy DC. bars like we talked earlier. <laughs> <laughs> got to Washington, and you know, we didn't place very well nationally, but it was you know, it was all about the experience. So that was my original contact with it, and then, you know, when I moved back here after law school to clerk for Judge Flanagan. I ran into the coordinator of the program up here, Mark Picker, and he asked me if I wanted to help. I said, sure. And so I'm actually a co-coordinator of the entire program, so not just Reno, but it's nice. con- Congressional District 2 is what we call it. And so it's all the schools up here. There's an, there's an elementary school program as well that most people don't know about. Damn, for fifth early, grades. early. Yeah, for fifth graders. So it's great. I mean, hearing kids, like hearing 17-year-olds tell you about – um, 
Riley versus California, right? <laughs> or mm-hmm. recent cell phone case that not many people know about. I mean, hearing them talk about the Articles of Confederation and how they, you know, why they failed and why we did better. And I mean, I mean this is what's amazing. It's, it's what's needed, I feel like, especially these times, just civic engagement and knowledge about the found. You know, people love to talk about the founding fathers, but don't know. You know, the Federalist Papers from the Articles of Federation. Not to go super... Yeah, that's fair. Social studies. That's <laughs> fair, man. But, yeah. Well, so, I'm, I'm glad you're you're uh, involved with that. Yeah, thank you. It's Something, a fun program. There's Yeah, I didn't... That's one thing I kind of regret from high school is not doing that. But it was, like, too much. You know, at the time, it was like, <laughs> oh, it's too much. Like, but I probably would have enjoyed it. it. Did you do speech and debate as well? No. No. I don't, I don't know that we had speech and debate at Reed, Sean. Do you remember No, we, did? we didn't. Yeah. They had it at yeah. UNR. I, could, I competed a bunch against a lot of Reed debaters. Oh, did you? And We're I was 03. Than you, I was 03. Yeah. So, Where'd you go? Douglas. Douglas, Douglas yep. High. Yeah, I'm a Tiger. Nice. Did, no, do you know J- John, Jimmy Coyne? No. Oh, okay. Not off the top of my head. I if I saw a yearbook photo, I might. I played ball with him. Nice. That's all, yeah. And, uh... Another off the wall question: <laughs> How has hip hop influenced you? Oh, Here we go. Goodness. Let's get into the music. Oh, jeez. What are your earliest how, memories of hip hop? Yeah. How has someone it? who's yeah. in our age bracket? How hasn't it? Jeez, right? mm-hmm. um, hip hop. All right, my earliest memory of hip hop was getting a video. My brother got it. Uh, you know, I should just start off this music conversation by saying nothing is possible without my brother. He's older than you, right? Two yep. years? Mm-hmm. Two years. Just musical genius. Uh, he's got a mural painted around here. Someone painted it. It's over off Holcomb. He's an excellent bass player, fantastic singer, better, even better songwriter, just passionate musical person. Been in many van, local bands over the years. Yeah, many local bands. Suda. Suda. Everybody knows Suda. So he uh, he got me into music. I mean, he was he was and, you know I loved it too, but he he got me into it. And so we got he got a video from Brandon Marada. Actually, it was his name. His name goes he goes by DJ Ethic. I think a lot of people know him. Pascal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. We, love okay. we all know Ethic. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Ethic. Yeah. All right. I already <laughs> like where this story is going. <laughs> there we go. Brandon's heard this a million times. He's probably rolling his eyes when he hears this. But. Yeah. Brandon somehow rec- I think he recorded a a um an an episode of Yo MTV Raps mm-hmm. back in the day yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. with Dr. Dre and uh Ed Lover and Ed Lover mm-hmm. right and it's Come the- on son <laughs> Come on son <laughs> Of course, of course. It's the Dr. Dre that, that not, not many not, people know about. Yeah, right? the, the other Dr. Dre. Not, the original yeah. Dr. Dre. Yeah, the original yeah. Dr. Dre. I to the Ed Lover podcast, too. It's not he's funny as yeah. fuck. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah. He calls out a bunch of people. It's good. And so it was a recording of that, and it was like the top 10, right? It was like, you on TV raps? And so we got the whole top 10, and there was like D-Nice on there. There was Black Sheep on there. There was Kumo D on there, Heavy D on there. But most importantly, right, A Tribe Called Quest. And they came in at number three that week, which was, which uh, I still, I'm, I'm still upset about. Who was two and one? This is, who, was, who was two and uh, one? Do D-Nice was one. Okay, okay. Okay, 25 to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then two, I'm trying to remember two, shoot. I might have been like MC Light or something like, uh-huh. something How many like times that. Light as a rock. How yeah. many times did you watch that video? Oh my God, Sean. Okay, before that, before that, this had to be what like ninety, maybe maybe eighty nine. Maybe eighty nine. Yeah. yeah. So the most watched video 
of mine before that in my life was the Jungle Book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Billions right, right. of right. Lou. Billions okay. Yo, MTV raps. Yeah. MTV raps. So culturally relevant, you so. know. Same, <laughs> you know, the same box. Um. So yeah, I, I think it was MC Light that was number two, but it was Tribe Three, uh-huh. and it was Check the Rhyme. Yeah, and it was abstract, and you know that video where it goes like black mm-hmm. and white, and mm-hmm. they're on the top, and Fife's wearing the Seton Hall jersey, and the whole thing, and it was just. I'm thinking about it now; it's gonna make me cry. It was just the community of that video, because you had people down below watching them perform the song on top of a building, and it wasn't a beautiful building, right? Obviously, yeah, yeah. But it, but they were having fun. And they're, you know, I mean, you just hit listen to the lyrics of that song, just contributing to the culture, you know. And it was just a, a I want to be a part didn't, of that. I was going to say, didn't, for that music video, didn't they just have a party and film them doing like a, at a party, yes, like a block party? pretty sure, yeah. I, I mean, then there was like little cutouts. Yeah, there were cutouts of them as like on the sidewalk doing right. their verses and stuff. But other than that, it was like you know on top of a building. So that was it. That was like that was that was. My I love entry. hearing people still like. I know you're a true hip like hip hop fan. I love hearing like that first that for, everyone has that first moment, first, first contact. Memory. You yeah. know, yeah, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. makes you remember. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. What are you listening to right now? Yeah. Ooh. What's what's in the uh what's on the playlist these days? Gosh, I haven't been listening to a lot lately. You know, I've been listening to podcasts a lot, so like you guys. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Yeah. But um in terms of music, I've been listening to No Name today. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, she, I came out with that new song on New Year's Eve. A lot of no name. Mm-hmm. Um gosh, what else, man? Just like you know, I got back into black milk. Recently, Dude, Black I'm, Milk, that the uh, Fever was his latest album last year that definitely no one really heard about. It was a little different, but Black Milk, so good. Black Milk, so good. So good. He kind of under, I thought he was going to blow bigger than he did. Especially with that first album, 360. Yeah, that was good. And then that production was on fire, like lyrics were on fire. I feel like fire. that was back oh. when I was the young and yeah. like, thought like people would blow up. The, yeah. Right, me, that's what <laughs> I was, Sean. Never, but yeah. They never then, like, oh, do you, have you heard this guy? <laughs> Have you realized they ain't coming out of the underground? Even Lefty, people don't care. Even Lefty, formal guest, he um, y'all used the production and like used the rhymes of the homies and put them over the the whole fucking Black Milk album. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Black Milk's production was just ridiculous. So good, and like from Detroit, obviously uh, Jay Dilla inspired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like just Detroit in general, always like people always think Eminem first, and you know, but definitely there's just so much like with slum village and everything like that like x clan like the planes just... you don't know that we're pl- i picked slum village for next week's episode <laughs> of the radio show. yeah nice. and awesome because i remember lines. what was it uh last year year before got to see uh pete rock and slum village together which was tight Ooh, cool. but yeah You're but, a huge pete rock fan i love pete rock and he got the new i thing. got pete rock on there too and he got the new thing coming out this weekend this, this, this year you know this week like, but so, but yeah, I think like the second album, like definitely not as powerful as the first one because it's just like the the rhythm and the pace of that first album was like a breath of fresh air, especially out of Detroit, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then even like this one that came out this year, Fever, I think it was called, if I remember right, a little bit different, but still really good under the radar. No one really talked about it. Yeah. But yeah, Black Milk. Yeah, Black Milk, man. Just yeah. that warm, like this, that soulful yeah thing but grimy with detroit like it's yeah. just a very nice mix of kind of bitter and, and pretty much I was, yeah. I was like trying to make a playlist 
that like incorporated that like song, like you're saying, like the soulful sampling, but the hard ass lyrics. Yes, yeah. that's like my favorite hip hop. Uh, I think pretty much. If you, yeah. if I had to describe it, like uh, like a lot of stuff like Little Brother does. Yeah, yeah. Or like yeah, Ninth Wonder. Like yeah, definitely that type. Of- Ill Mind does that a lot lately too. And then uh, horns in the background. Yeah, I love I love me the brass. Ooh, yeah, I love the brass. Soul sampling. Yeah. So. I, I think I can't remember what I named the playlist, but I couldn't come up with anything good. I just yeah. started like putting all the songs that fit into that. Like, uh-huh. I don't know what this playlist is going to be for, but for us, I, I thought Caesar would enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that's how you feel, you feel too, Z. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, I still that's why I still love Kanye West, man. Like mm-hmm. it's just he got he's gotten a little pop e, and mm-hmm. I, I remember Karis once saying something about um, about. One of his songs on graduation was not hip hop. Which was it? It was uh, what's the song he did with? Oh no, Graduate. flashing lights. Okay. He's like, he's like, flashing lights ain't hip hop, <laughs> right? That's a pop song. And like, that's part of me gets upset when I mean that stuck with me because I think I agree with him. But still, like, you know, that's kind of a problem in hip hop, right? Is that we're so rigid rigid yeah. about every what other it is. every other musical genre has multiple layers and people are allowed to change and deviate mm. from the original hip-hop hates on it and i think that's why i love how much hip-hop's changed especially in like the last five mm. years and you definitely no matter how you feel about kanye west have to give him credit for starting that yeah he was one of the first successful hip-hop acts to start branching out into more experimental or different forms and now like it's pretty normal for people to do it but he was one of the first that made that was making popular music to do it weren't we talking about hip-hop needs genres we've had this discussion many times we were yelling about that at public house last night compartmentalize the different aspects of i think it's a common frustration for a lot Mm. of hip-hop fans our age who still listen to hip-hop not just 90s hip-hop that Anything that deviates from the normal thing that these people heard 20 years ago is automatically con- yeah. not considered hip hop. Yeah. No, it's because we talked yeah. we talked about it last night at Public House, and I gave that Binary Star album. I think what it says, that Masters of the Universe, where yeah. it's yeah. like it's like there's hip hop and then hip pop, you know. Mm. And then what reminded me Hashtag too, that. what reminded me too, DJ K Slay on his serious radio show yesterday when I was driving home, he was like. Yeah, it's like it's like hip hop, but I like it, you know. And it's kind of like, kind of like Post Malone, where he's definitely poppy. Like he's not like he doesn't necessarily know the fundamentals of hip hop. He doesn't want to be hip hop, so we should he's, not talk about him. He, no, but hip-hop. but like he's he's an artist, you know, kind of like Little Yachty. Like he's, obviously, I, I get he, your, I get but your. But obviously, he wouldn't. <laughs> I'm with you, sentiment. Yeah. But like he wouldn't be an artist if there wasn't hip hop. Yeah. And that's what really frustrates me mm-hmm. about him trying to disassociate himself from hip hop, which yeah, that's, but like when mm-hmm. whenever anyone under thirty says that, that's just them being rebellious mm-hmm. and going against people trying to define Look them or whatever. You. Giving them benefit of the doubt. All right, all right. Because but that's what every, was so too. many young rappers and artists do that, and they're just trying to separate themselves and be their own thing, and it's just their natural. Then they're just not old enough to realize what's going on. And people I'll remember who call this when the Post Malone country album drops, and then we can have rehab this discussion. <laughs> no, but like even he said, he's like, I'm an artist. I like, I don't do hip hop, you know. And just like, yeah, they don't freestyle. They don't know the fundamentals of the hip hop, but that's the genre they're put into, right? You know, and then they're just hip hop, just poppy. Yeah, know? I've never heard that, but that so makes sense. Accept all mm. these perspectives. Yeah, because yeah. like KRS One was the one that said hip hop is not pop if you call it that. Stop. Yeah. So that's, that's why right. he would have that that's attitude right. uh-huh. because. But like it changed. I mean, it's 
if you look at the charts, the top 50, like 35 of the 50 most popular streaming songs are going to be hip hop influenced. Yeah. It's you know what's undeniable. so funny is like Eminem, right? His initial albums, right? When I first heard the Slim Shady album, mm-hmm. like I, um, uh, what was his sing- first single? Whatever. You know. Hi, my name is. Hi, my yeah. name what? is. Right? My name Gosh, is. I almost forgot. I thought that shit was whack too. I was like, who it was. Is it was funny. I'm all, I go. This is really funny. Yeah. Right. One, two. The beats tight. Okay. Like it's fun. Mm-hmm. And then three. The lyrics are just fire. Mm-hmm. If like, but it's not. If you took it at its face value, like I did at first, you were like, "What the hell is yeah, this?" Is it was this? a satire. What is this? The first time you saw that video, you're like, "This is a satire. This is some guy getting his bag off on the whatever it was." Just the high. But my like, name think is. A, like a lot of hip hop started off that way because people are teenagers when they're making it, and the people are so quick to shit on them now, and there's the same thing going on. What's so exactly. funny? It's no, a cycle. nobody said that wasn't hip hop, right? Right. Uh-huh. And I think because. The lyrics were just so tight. And so, mm-hmm. like, you could tell that this dude, whoever was rapping or joke joke rapping, mm-hmm. whatever he was doing, had, had, has studied the craft. But he had that Infinity like, album before see, I that. Think and, this, I think, I think, <laughs> and I think it was fucking good. But yeah. that's the this thing. exact yeah. debate was People are always going to respect you if yeah. you got the lyrics. If you studied yeah. the craft. Well, was mm-hmm. that pop yeah. or was that hip-hop? Like, that was the debate back then, too. I think heads, right, lyrical heads, respect that album. Because of the lyrics. Yeah, I, I think it's been categorized you know. now, but when it first came out, nobody knew what to do. Because yeah, people did, took it a face. They're like, to white dude it. joking around. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, what's going on here? But then Is once you the actually listen to it, like, and you had once Ray you listen to it, especially not on the music video. Right. Uncensored yeah. version. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, this guy is spitting bars. Yeah. <laughs> and he's <Exactly>. angry. Yeah. <laughs> angry Eminem is always good Eminem in my book. Yeah. But yeah. Well, uh, Ziva, thank you for yes. uh, coming on and joining us. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll finish up. Uh, well, during the break, we're going to mm-hmm. play Jake Has a Song of the Wheat. Change it up for you guys this week. Yeah, we're pivoting on the whole debate we've had been having. This is just a totally another genre. I went out of my element and uh, went big in Japan with Tom Waits. So. Nice. Thanks for having me, y'all. Yeah. You're the man. Bye. 
right, that was Jake's Song of the Week, Big in Japan by Tom Waits. Why did you pick that one? I listened to Punkarama 4 probably 10,000 times in my life because it was one of those ones where yeah. you had the CD and you put it in your Walkman and you just dump that shit all day. <laughs> and I'm a big Tom Waits fan. I like all of his other stuff. He was in a bunch of early ski movies. I always come back to the ski movie soundtracks. But, um, yeah, big in Japan, classic Tom Waits early on, early in his career. Some of you might have seen him from the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, he's an old musician, old Hollywood head. A lot of, lot of culture, a lot of history behind that man. So, uh, yeah, I figured I'd, I'd switch it up because Reno needs to know a little bit about Tom I'm Waits. sure people know about Tom. I know uh, many people from Reno. I'm about. sure they do, but let's <laughs> let's bring it back. He did, 2019. Like we were talking we earlier. 2019. Like, he did, if you watch The Wire, he did the you uh-huh. know the opening credits, the song for The Wire for <laughs> season one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Way down the hole. Yeah. He's in Way the new Buster, the, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. He's probably, my, he's the panhandler of gold. One, probably my favorite one, actor, like you said. His face is forgettable, but his voice is undeniable. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So listen to Tom Waits. Yes. Let me some time. Diversify your bonds, motherfuckers. Mm. All right, Z. <laughs> it's time for the rapid fire section of the show. Bruh, bruh, it ain't 17 shots, but it's something. Did you? Hear, I put the shots in last week. Did you hear? I, uh, no. I heard them. It was, I like it to was, do my own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the guy from Police Academy, but I try. So, <laughs> in this section of the show, we will ask you questions, and we just want your uh, honest answer and an explanation for uh, why you feel that way. Okay. Some of them more serious topics than others, All but right. uh, as a as a son of Reno, Sparks area, we've got some you know area out there specific in, questions out there in East you. Sparks out there. Okay, I'm ready. Jake, gonna start. Oceans, mountains, or desert? Mountains. All right, pizza, cheeseburgers, cheeseburgers. Fall, winter, summer, or spring? Spring, because all my family is born in the spring. Like should you just I, said. Yeah. So yeah. We'll go back and get the explanations. Yeah, yeah should I get the explanations? We'll okay. Get, yeah. okay, all right. Go ahead, Jake. All right. Last album. What have you listened to last? No name. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, Wu-Tang or Tribe? Tribe. Uh-huh. <laughs> we already heard <laughs> yeah, that yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. That was coming. <laughs> yeah. All right. This one's Favorite one. philosopher? Ooh. Aristotle. Ooh, I almost said uh-huh. Socrates, Plato, or Aristotle. Yeah. All right. All right, put the brand behind the favorite restaurant in Reno. That's a tough one. Favorite restaurant in Reno. That is a tough one. It used to be La Familia, and now they're gone, which yeah. I'm so upset mm. about. That's um, a good one. Gosh. Midtown Eats. Yes. Boom. I said that earlier. Mac we and were cheese, talking, baby. We were talking about all the different restaurants, and I was like, you know what? My favorite one down here is Midtown Eats. So yeah. listen to those guys. So on we, point. Yeah, we need to get them out here. Good stuff. All yeah. right. Best place to take your kids in Reno, your favorite place to take your kids in Reno? Hmm. The library. <laughs> wow. Oh. My daughter loves story time, uh-huh. especially at the Northwest Library. I was going to say, Nick and Rachel were just telling me they go on play dates there, take their yeah. kids to oh, the story do? time. Yeah, the I downtown know. library looks awesome, though. I like the aesthetics of that library I with all the plants. and Yeah, like, and, the, and the big windows. Yeah, and, and like the heavy concrete. It's good. Yeah, it's cool. Get them reading early. Nice. So, all right, you said for oceans, mountains, or desert? Yeah, so I said mountains. Gosh, you know, I said mountains because... I just love the crisp air, man. Like, I love oceans. I lived in San Diego for three years, and the ocean is amazing, okay, especially in San Diego. 
but um you know it, it can get humid and it's you know it's it's thick air and it's good air but i, I just don't, prefer i think air. it's really rare rare for people who have lived in the mountains to answer anything else yeah. i think you're right yeah i mean it's just, it's, it's just beautiful yeah and san diego's okay too <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not about that San Diego. San Diego's hella nice. I'm definitely. You I'm not, you're tripping on this. I'm not about you, that life. You is, obviously have not spent enough time in San Diego. Not represent yeah. the show. Uh, <laughs> San Diego has some of the my, best weather. My my opinions are my California. own. But like I don't know, like the, the traffic's really annoying. A, yeah. lot, of, a lot of the people are. Annoying I'll only complain me. about <laughs> generalizations. All of that. Yeah. So you said cheeseburger over pizza? Yes, I did. What is your favorite burger to get in Reno? If you're craving a burger and not going to make it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite burger to get, and this is funny. I eat meat now. I, I was a vegetarian for 10 years. But my favorite burger is still the veggie burger at Old Granite Street. It's amazing. Ooh. It's so good. Oh, I think his opinion is even more valuable because he used to be vegan. Yeah. Right? And now he eats meat again. Right, meat again. So so back to the dark side. For him to say that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it must be super good. Yeah. It's very good. Shout you also out. try. I mean, Our have... favorite burger is also made by Granite Street. Yeah, but just next, it goes to next door. Yeah. Royce. Royce. Oh, Royce. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. And you said uh, spring. Obviously, you explained as you during the break. Yeah. Your whole family's born in spring. That's a yeah, good time. Yeah, most of my fam, most of my family. I was born, so I'm I'm in March. My mom's in March. Um, my daughter's in April. My son's in April. My wife's in May. My brother's in May. So those are important people to me. I mean, there's other important people in my life. But so it's the springtime birthdays. Yeah. Spring's my favorite. For Lots the, of spring. Say, uh, the hoodie weather. Reason. Yeah. And then uh, your last album you listened to, No Name, one of our favorites. We played, mm-hmm. she was in my top five most, or top ten most played last year. Uh, definitely. I can pull up the album. I, I'm trying to get it. There's a song called Yesterday that I just playing over and over and over again. I have to check that one That's out. That's a mm-hmm. good song. Let's see. Yeah, it's called Telephone, the album, Telephone. Uh, oh, yeah, that's yeah, our yeah. first album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My favorite song, that's Diddy Bop. That's a good song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that one just... So smooth. You explain why you like tribe. Aristotle is your favorite philosopher? Really? Really. The man himself, huh? Yeah. The man himself. I just think he's lasted the test of time. His, uh, you know, his, one of his most, I guess, prominent theories is, is you become, you become what you do. Right? There was a concept called phronesis, I believe, in Greek, which is like, I think that it means practice or something like that. But, you know, he used to say you become a, how do you become a carpenter? You become a carpenter by doing carpentry, right? Like <laughs> you become a swimmer by swimming, you know, you become a thinker by thinking through tough issues. Like, so I just think that concept sound, of character. It's a sound concept. Yeah, it's a sound yeah. concept. It works for me. Yeah. Nice. That's good. Maybe I just took. Too much Aristotle. I don't know. I was. I'm always like a Socrates, Plato, Plato, because they kind of started it all. But I understand uh-huh. it. Like Aristotle was like the Tupac to their cool modine. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I should say, I mean, that's that's ancient Greek, and some people can just break that away and say that is not relevant anymore. And there's modern philosophers, but I mean, if you want to talk about modern philosophers, I like Sartre. Well, that I mean, speaking of that, uh, Dale Carnegie, another like his whole thing on influencing people and winning friends. Give a dog a good name. It's the same concept of if you 
label something, it's going to become that label. And and it's the same idea. Self-fulfilling prophecy is very strong. I totally get that. Especially like with teaching, it's something you have to be aware of, not labeling kids or coming with an attitude just because you heard about someone. Because you're going to, it's unconscious, you're going to treat them to act to, you know, act and perform to your expectations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Yep. All right. And then your favorite re- restaurant, Midtown Eats. So my reason is uh-huh. run by a good friend named Ivan Bryant. He's awesome. He's awesome. Y'all know Ivan, yeah. right? He I've also, met him. Yeah, he owns uh, the Death bar, Death and Taxes, right? Right off Cheney. Yeah. Uh, door, I got right? an old, yeah, uh-huh. well, yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's right next door, now. yeah. yeah. Um, old history with Ivan. He's from Italy. Um, and when he moved here, he met my brother, and he ended up living at my, my my mom's house, and he played in a band with my brother, and so Ivan's like a brother to me, and so very cool, uh, yeah, that's why. And he's a great he's a great cook, and he has a great vision, so I support him. Mm-hmm. Biggest little city, we all we all know everybody. Yeah. Six awesome. degrees. I love the supporting and the support of each other, though. Yeah. Well, you've completed the rapid fire section. <laughs> you are the winner. Yeah. Congratulations. Yay! What do I get? What do I win? You could, s- you could come on again. Yeah. <laughs> In our undying respect. Yeah. So, like, all right. That's worth it. Uh, but again, we thank you. We're going to start wrapping it up. Local events. Uh, just one mm-hmm. for now. Next month, February 22nd, on that Friday, uh, my band Seven Out will be playing at Shays. <laughs> we talked about with uh, Bay Area artist Chucky, who is awesome. He's a, he's a, like a, uh, a space bowl. Uh, bass player space bass player like it's all like uh futuristic out very cool bass slapping the bass though with some cool beats and i can attest if you liked rage against the machine you will like seven out so go <laughs> fucking see them we put, i get pretty intense and amped out Man, for the shows yeah. i'm very focused yeah uh, i like Mr. to uh, De La Roche. <laughs> <laughs> he is my inspiration yeah anyways Next, we have a new thing before we go. Phrases that phase us. What the hell is this, Jake? Uh, well, please explain. While I was on my ADD trip today, um, I, you know, we've been talking words of the week. We've been going over slang. We've been trying to do that sort of avenue. So I came. Did you up, make up a word, a phrase? No. Well, are we fresh setting right now? We're. I believe we're ahead of of the trend right now. I believe we're fresh setting right now because we've been, we've been catching uh, up and explaining, but now we're going to put you on point with a phrase that you're going to start using. So, so to, to explain it, give like, a little background. It's like Sesame street out here. Okay. The kids on the street, you know, they like to say low key, like keep it on down low. Yeah. Low key. I wasn't really feeling that song. Low key. I don't really like that dude. Yeah. You know, so Jake's though has twisted it. We're going high key. High key. High key. <laughs> Tell everybody and make sure they know. Hey, 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 high key. If you're viral, you're high key. If you got, it's like American Family videos or whatever where you get kicked in the nuts and everybody's watching and laughing at that. That's a high key video right there. <laughs> like I mean, on The Simpsons, football yeah, to the groin. There's no down low anymore. There's uh, no down low. There's no secrets anymore. High it's key. All high key. I was calling his ass out <laughs> to his face. Yo, the whole, everybody saw that shit. High key. Oh, let's start using that. Yeah. <laughs> High You're key. welcome, listeners. High key, you High whack. key. Hey. Phrases that phase us. I don't really know what that means, it's but almost, I like it. It almost it sounds rhymes. like a haiku. High key. Haiku. Phrases that phase us. Yeah. <laughs> I had to I specifically looked up at the definition of phase like and everything. Can you say it like that, that every that time we do it from now on? Absolutely. We'll do some of them what pre recorded shits for, <laughs> for that. <laughs> All right. Before we go, yeah. uh, we have <laughs> 
<laughs> we already you already uh, told us you're leaving your job, so that that was a. Scoop. We came up with a viral headline. Oh, you but, did. Did we? I, I like well, to hear at it. least I typed it out. I don't know. We'll we'll. I guess we can affirm it later and agree on it. <laughs> I don't think that's the headline we want to say. Uh-huh. Deputy DA quits on air. Who are you writing for? The National Enquirer. <laughs> yeah, let's get some. Clicks. We want our guests to come back. Clickbait over here. <laughs> yeah, deputy extra DA extra with the clickbait. Quits on air. Come on, we're that, you know, get that's Drops actually a mic. Per- that's actually a perfect headline because it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Fake news. Yeah, Drops yeah. the mic on them. Yeah. Anyway. Our one question before we go is, what's one thing that you want people to know about being a prosecutor in the United States criminal justice system? Who good, man, Sean. You saved this for last, huh? <laughs> I think people need to know that prosecutors are human beings. I think that's the most important thing people need to know. And by that, I mean... They're not infallible? <laughs> one, yes. But also that they come to their jobs having lived certain experiences and, um, you know, yes, they have implicit biases, but they're humans and they aren't machines, right? And so they know, I think most, I'll tell, I'm confident in saying every prosecutor at the DA's office here at the Washington County DA's office uh, knows the human impact of their decisions. And so... I, that's one thing I would want people to know because I think nationally the conversation seems to treat prosecutors like, you know, cold, detached law and order types that just want convictions and have quotas and want to put people in prison and don't care about rehabilitation. And that's just not my experience. And so uh, that's I think that's that's the one thing I would leave them with. They're human beings with human emotions and human connections. And know the impact of their decision. Sounds now like that, yeah. yeah, sounds like law-abiding citizen to me. Now, now that you're leaving, <laughs> makes yeah. me sad to lose right. someone that that thinks like that from the. Uh, but sounds like we are in good hands, even though you'll be leaving. I'm glad you're going yeah, to education. Hey, thank you. That so really, like, if you're going somewhere, you're, you're going to education. That's that's huge. So thank you. I appreciate it. Well, again, Z, thank you again thank for you. coming yeah. and joining us. We know you listened in the past, so we wanted to have you on for a while. We are glad we could finally make it happen. But uh, until next time, you guys can check us out, you know, every Friday night on KWINK 97.7 FM here in Reno from 9 to 11. Or you can stream at kwinkradio.org. You can find us at upinthemix.live all over the interwebs. And, yeah. Yeah. New episodes 2019 every Monday. www.upinthemix.live. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for being here. Until next time, this is Sean saying peace. This is Caesar, your philosopher's favorite philosopher, bitch. (laughs) It's the Guppy DMS for sponsorship. See you That was another episode of Up in the Mix. For more info, go to www.upinthemix.live or check them out on Facebook and Instagram at upinthemix.live. Dot fuck, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs>